This is District Sentinel Radio. It's that newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Citizen Capital Studios in Washington, D.C., old piss town. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. We're going to dive right into the newscast here. After all, it is Game 7. Sam Knight has to get into his pregame rituals for the Caps. Take on the Bolts. You feeling confident over there? Just trying to take it uh, one one period, one minute, uh, one second, one nanosecond at a time. When is the seance to uh, you know have a full team meeting? You need to have a seance now. Well, you don't want to do it too early because you want to make sure the uh, the players are ready to go right before right before the face off. So. I don't know. I assume maybe during the national anthem, I will be trying to summon the ghost of Barbara Bush. <laughs> no pressure, Barb. The uh, the weight of the nation's capital is on your shoulders tonight. You know, I haven't watched it. Maybe I've seen a few minutes, but I haven't really watched a Caps game all season. I don't follow the Caps all that much. Not much of a hockey fan, but maybe I should start because should probably stop watching the NFL at some point. New rule changes have the owners requiring players to stand for the national anthem if they come out. They can stay and not come out for the national anthem if they want. But if they come out, they have to stand or they'll be fined. I was pleasantly surprised to see that they, they were at least giving the option to not come out. Yeah, I, I, that I guess that is a, the the silver lining here. Hopefully, that, that hopefully most compromise. players will not come out, and teams just won't come out. And maybe we'll get back to where we were just not singing the national anthem before every fucking game, like it used to be back in. I mean, this started relatively recently, within the last ten to fifteen years. So, either way, the the owners uh, think that they can they, they can penalize um, activism that's mostly associated with minorities in America, African-Americans who are being gunned down by cops. I'd like to think that in a show of solidarity uh, with the players who care most about this, and as you noted, they're mostly uh, the black players in the NFL, I would like to think that as a show of solidarity, people would just stop coming out for the anthem. Teams would just be like, well, if they're going to give us the option to not come out, we should all just not go out to stand with any of our teammates who might feel this way. But you know, you know, there's always going to be that one fucking scab white dude. Yeah, white offensive lineman. Yeah, he's like, God damn it, I'll, I'll come out there by myself and stand for the flag. And then he's yeah. going to get like a billion fucking glowing profiles in every newspaper, magazine. Yeah, and- there was that one player who did, I can't remember his name. I think he was like a lineman for the Ravens or some shit. But, <sighs> anyways, I'm going to seriously consider. Okay, I probably will still gamble on some NFL games, but that's it. I'm, I no longer have a favorite team or favorite players or any of that shit. I'm not a fan of the NFL anymore. Very very brave of you to, uh, <laughs> to take this principled stance. Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month gets you access to bonus content. It also gets your own haiku read on the air. Sam and I will write a poem for you and read it if you go to our Patreon 
And you will too. You will also yeah, write I said the Sam, poem. Sam and I. Oh, I thought you said Sam Knight. No, no, no. Sam and I. Sam Knight is not just the only. He is. He is a slightly better haiku writer than I am. But uh, well, well, we don't try. don't sell yourself short now. patreoncom slash Sentinel. Find out who the better haiku writer is. It's Wednesday, May twenty third, twenty eighteen. Here's the news. <laughs> Right now, the State Department is undermining the Iran nuclear deal, but Mike Pompeo is evidently hungry for more conflict. You could even say the Secretary of State is a hungry, hungry hippo for conflict, in fact. I guess that uh, that joke didn't really work. Wait, were you calling Pompeo a hippo? I'm just saying he's a hungry, hungry hippo. He's, he's as hungry as a hippo. Either way, here he is testifying before the House Foreign Affairs Committee. The first voice you'll hear belongs to committee chair Ed Royce, and he's introducing a Republican colleague. Mr. Tom Marino of Pennsylvania. Thank you. Welcome, Mr. Secretary, and congratulations. Thank you, sir. I'll get right to the point. Is there an aggressive plan to punish China and Mexico for flooding into the United States the extremely deadly drug fentanyl. Yes. Thank you, I yield back. Uh. <laughs> now, as you might have inferred from that clip, Congressman Marino didn't ask Pompeo to elaborate. He didn't ask him anything else at all. And not a single Democrat on the committee asked Pompeo to explain what he meant. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what the Secretary of State means here when he says there is an aggressive plan. Yeah, are we talking like sanctions? Are we talking bombing them? Are we talking, are we talking about like restricting immigration? Well, I mean, I don't understand what, what well, the... Uh, neither do I. I really wish a Democrat would have pressed him on that just, just to explain what it is he meant. You don't have to come up with a tough line of questioning. Just explain... No Democrat care. Anyway, Mexico has long been blamed as a source and transit point for heroin imports into the U.S., and fentanyl is often mixed with heroin to increase potency and cut costs. As for China, the accusations about fentanyl themselves aren't new. The Chinese government has strenuously denied them. Yu Haibin, a Chinese counter-narcotics official, said this in November, quote, China doesn't deny that shipments to the U.S. happen, but there isn't the proof to show how much whether it's 20% or 80%. You also said just yesterday, per Bloomberg, the biggest problem facing Chinese efforts to crack down on fentanyl is demand from the U.S. itself. It's estimated more than 26,000 Americans died of fentanyl-related overdoses last year alone. The drug was basically an unknown quantity just a few years ago. And as I noted on Twitter, this is, this is really Pompeo here carrying out... Uh, one plank of the Trump nationalism agenda, which is to blame foreigners for problems caused by very rich, very well-connected Americans, in this case, pharmaceutical executives. The health insurance industry is signaling massive premium hikes in the near future. Speaking to reporters, Chris Holtmeyer, a vice president at Blue Cross Blue Shield, projected Obamacare premium hikes in 2019. You have to call it Trump care now. It's not President <laughs> Obama. It's not an office. You got to call it Trump care. It's very much still Obamacare. Though Holtmeyer cited the Republicans' repeal of the individual mandate which will lead to young, healthy people fleeing the insurance market as the primary factor in the premium hikes. 
Just how large the price increases will be depends on where you live. Holtmeyer claimed that on average, the increases will be in the teen percentages. But in some places, premium holders could see their monthly bill rise by as much as 80 fucking percent. Certainly Republicans hold the majority of blame for this, but Obamacare preserved the private health insurance market. And as long as that exists, our health care system will be permanently broken. And if I can say as someone who's recently signed up for public health insurance in the form of Medicaid, y'all enjoy that uh, disaster private market. I'll, uh, I'll chill here on my Medicaid. News about the encryption debate. The FBI has given inaccurate statistics about the number of phones it can't break into because of encrypted data. The Bureau had previously said its agents were locked out of some 7,800 phones, the real number is somewhere between 1,000 and 2,000. Not even close. No. The discrepancy was first reported last night by the Washington Post. The paper said the FBI first became aware last month, and a recent survey put the number of uncrackable phones at 1,200. The review, however, is still ongoing, and that estimate is bound to change, or at least likely to change. In a statement released yesterday, the FBI blamed the inaccuracy on programming errors. They said bureau analysts had used three different databases to count phones they can't hack into, and that caused some repeat counting. The Post said the FBI tried to test the mode of analysis itself in April 2016. Evidently, that also did not work, because here we are talking about the inaccurate methodology. After a year of Libs telling us the FBI must be trusted at all costs, that their reputation is sterling. Here's the FBI lying about some pretty critical shit. <laughs> President Trump can't welcome anybody to the block party anymore. Judge Naomi Rice Buckwald of the U.S. District Court for Southern District of New York ruled that the president can't block anybody on Twitter anymore. Judge Buckwald described the president's Twitter feed as a public forum and preventing people from participating in it based on their expressed opinions is a violation of the First Amendment. The case was brought by the Knight Foundation on behalf of seven people who were blocked by the president. No relationship to Sam Knight, although Sam Knight was once blocked by Trump and this ruling might have at one point meant something to him had Twitter not killed off that account. Rest in peace, Sam Knight won. I was, I was just musing on the latest iteration of Sam Knight One that how funny would it be if I was the lead plaintiff in that case and then the case was thrown out because Twitter banned me. <laughs> maybe, I can, may, maybe I can sue Twitter for banning me because that deprived me of the journalistic integrity of being a part of the suit. Like, if I was blocked and joined this lawsuit, maybe... District Sentinel would have like $20,000 in its Patreon right now. Yeah, I mean, if Trump's Twitter is a public forum and you've been banned from Twitter, yeah. aren't you blocked from that public forum? It, it would appear so. It would seem so, uh, in my opinion. If, uh, if y'all are a lawyer, you know the rant line number, 202-684-6108. Please advise. Speaking of the rant line, before we go, let's check it out. Hey, guys. It's Keister again. I'm finally caught up, and there was a discussion on where pee is stored. And, well, you know, they're called nuts because they're really peanuts. Uh, either way, 
Phoenix is still a shithole. It really is a terrible place. Bars close at 1. If you're there for New Year's Eve, it's Happy New Year's. Oh, last call, last call. What a shithole. Hot as fuck. Desert. Yeah. Go north, friends. Go north. Wow, that, that's pretty harsh. I mean, I, I know that last call here on weeknights, I think, is one or two. But if if New Year's Eve is on a weeknight, they extend last call. They do the weekend hours. That That is yeah. very harsh. Very harsh indeed by the city of Phoenix. Yeah, a compelling argument for where P is stored as well. Guys, it's your old frontier buddy George Authority. Hey, just calling you here, calling you here from uh, from the from my heart, calling you from within my own heart, which beats with the red blood of the of the American Southwest, baby. <laughs> George, uh, hopefully he's not in Phoenix, but he's somewhere in the Southwest. Good to hear from you. Well, hi, boys. This is uh. Jeff for Beauregard Sessions here I seem to be stuck in an elevator here at the Department of Just Headquarters. I'll tell you what, these newfangled things back in my day, we never had to worry about things like this. Probably some bad person, some marijuana smoker, was working when they was fixing these doors. Luckily, I brought my men Juliet in here with me, so I should be okay for a little while. But I'm starting to get a little nervous, but I guess this is what you can expect from government. We don't ever get anything right. All right, boys. Well, say a little prayer for me. I- I'm sure I'll be all right, but you never know. Uh, and uh, solidarity with Intern Mate, wherever he is out there <laughs> in the world. All right, y'all have a fine one. Come on back now. Jeff Sessions, stuck in an elevator, was, I forgot, was Brendan James's article about neocons getting stuck in elevators or never Trumpers getting stuck in elevators? <sighs> I don't have the answer in front of me, so well, it was one or the other. <laughs> yeah, either either Jeff Sessions is uh, is is fitting in line with neocons getting stuck in the elevator, or he has crossed the Rubicon, and uh, we now have pro-Trump figures getting stuck in elevators. It's never Trump, or at least it's anti-Trump mm. conservatives is okay. the uh, headline. Well, so, the, so we might be entering. Broken. Yeah, we might be entering into new territory here. Interesting. All right, one last call. Hi, this is Elon Musk again. I just wanted to get ahead of this whole thing about unionizing Tesla. Before you say anything about how I won't let my employees have a union, you should know that. Once we finally meet a production target, I'm giving my workers free ice cream made from dirt dug up by the boring company tunnel machine. So there's really no need for a union. Uh, they don't want one anyway. So, uh, you know, don't say anything bad about it. And, uh, oh, by the way, things are going great with my girlfriend, in case you were wondering. All right. Bye. Elon Musk calling us uh, right after he violated the National Labor Relations Act on Twitter. Yeah, he... Uh, he... <laughs> Uh, well, he almost certainly did. He uh, he he basically said his his workers were going to get were going to get their benefits taken away if they uh, if they signed on with the uh, UAW, and uh, that's that's like retaliating against yeah. against concerted activity that right there in the open. So 
Good well, luck, good luck, Elon. Good yeah. luck, you piece of shit. Yeah, good, to, good to hear things are going well with your girlfriend, at least. Uh, call the rant line, 202-684-6108. Sponsors of the show include the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, levelnews.org and Citizen Capital. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review, give us a rating, tell your friends to listen. The newscast is back tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.